Hallelujah. Let's just lift our voices and worship God again. Let's just give Him thanks and praise and worship and thank Him for all that He's done for you and so many things we could thank You for, Father, because You're worthy. Worthy of glory. Worthy of honor. Worthy of praise. Worthy of our lives. Worthy of our service. Worthy of the words of our mouth bringing glory to Your You're worthy of it all. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus. We thank You for the blood. We thank You that we can come boldly this evening before Your throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need, Lord God. And we just acknowledge that we need You every day, every hour, every minute, every moment, Lord God. We can't do it without You. We can't do anything of any eternal value without You, Lord Jesus. And so we come to You tonight and we acknowledge our dependence on You, our need for You, and we receive Your grace, Lord God to preach the Word. We thank You, Father, that we're saved by grace. We thank You that we're healed by grace. We thank You that we have the ability to to do what You've called us to do by grace, Father. We thank You that because of Your grace, we can walk free from sin. Thank You, Father, that You've given us the grace to do everything we've been called to do, everything that needs to be done, Lord God. You've given us everything that pertains unto life and godliness. And we thank You for it tonight, Lord. We thank You for the blood of Jesus. Thank You, thank You, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious blood that was poured out. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who was sent to be our teacher, to be our comforter. We're so thankful that you didn't leave us alone. You didn't leave us alone, but you gave us the Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to be our guide, to be our intercessor, to be our comforter. Hallelujah. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for coming tonight. And teaching us and speaking through me, but speaking to your people's hearts, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Things that have been closed up tight will be opened tonight for your glory, Father. Hallelujah. Things that have been bound will be set free. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. So I said as I as I shared this morning that when I preach, because I'm used to preaching overseas in countries that are closed, that I preach from my phone because if the police show up, then I can make, you know, it's a whole lot easier to make my phone disappear. And I've had times where I had to delete everything on my phone because one time I got arrested, but, um, and so I had to delete everything on my phone. But, uh, so I'm teaching from the phone tonight, so you just, if you, if you don't like that, then you have to forgive me, because if you don't, well, you know how that works. <laughs> but, um, praise God, uh, as I was preparing for this evening's service, uh, I just, just kept, I guess it's just because this is the, this is the house, it's called Grace, Har- Grace Harvest, and so there's grace for the harvest. And, and we're all called to be laborers in His harvest field. We all have a place in his harvest field. And so, uh, uh, glory to God. I want to read Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11. And, you know, there's, well, before I read that, let me, um, you know, it's interesting. We as human beings in America, and even people all over the world, we always are looking to, some people get paid on, at the end of the day, you know, there's people that work and they get paid at the end of the day. And then there's people that get work and they, they get paid on Friday and they're looking forward to that paycheck so that they can do what they want to do on Saturday and Sunday. They, they work Monday through Friday for, for a paycheck so they can do what they want to do on 
Saturday and Sunday. There's some people that work, you know, they just work from 7 a.m. to, to, to uh, 5 p.m. and they want their check at the end of the day. They, they get paid at the end of the day because they want their money so they can do with what they want to do it at the end of the day. And then there's others who are looking a little bit more long-term and they're looking from, you know, the time they start working at, say, we'll say 21 until they get to 65. And they're looking towards 66, 67, 68. They're looking, that's, they're working towards their retirement age so that they can do what they want to do after they retire. But as children of God, we should be believing God for, you know, the word retirement's not in the Bible. It's not a Bible term. It's not a Bible doctrine. It's not a, it's not, it's not something that, there's nothing wrong with working a job and, and, and receiving the benefits and the, the, you know, you, you should receive the, your retirement benefits because it's something you worked for and in the natural it's something that will be provided for you. There's nothing wrong with that. But we should be looking at things from a kingdom perspective. And so when a kingdom perspective, there's no retirement. They mean, you, it just means, all that means is if you're retired, it just means you have more time to do what God has called you to do. You're no longer bound by what everybody else was having to do when they have to go to work from nine to five. And so, but what happens is we, we look at things and we say, well, you know, and we all do it, no matter what age, it doesn't matter, you know, in the natural you think, well, I've worked an eight hour day and so I'm, I'm just supposed to start getting tired at the end of the eight hour day because it's been a long day. But, and you say, well, I've worked a long week, so, I, you know, everybody just expects to be tired on Friday. It's like that, you know, you expect that by the time Friday comes that everybody's just worn out. I mean, in the world, on social media, everywhere you look, everybody says, thank goodness it's Friday. And everybody's expecting to be worn out by Friday. And a lot of people are expecting to be worn out by the time they retire. And we shouldn't be expecting that. We should be expecting the grace of God to be doing things through us that we could not do naturally. That's what grace is. It's God's ability to do something that we couldn't do on our own. And so... It just, I want to look at this example of Sarah. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, it says, By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. And so most of you probably aren't looking to, if you're already past, you know, if you're past the age of bearing children, you're probably not wanting to go through that again. Probably not wanting to have more children, but there's other things that you, there's other promises that are for you in the Word of God that you can believe God for, for His grace, that you can, you can judge God faithful. How many want to judge God faithful? And you can find what the Word of God says about you and you can judge Him faithful. And I just want to look, I want to read this verse and it just got put on my heart for Psalms 103. And we're going to look at Psalms 103. It's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. I love to read it. I, I like to read it all the time. I like to quote it. Um, it's great for praying for people for healing. If you haven't memorized Psalms 103, I encourage you to do it because you'll run into people who are say, well, this wasn't for this time or that wasn't talking about healing. But Psalms 103 is, is the most straightforward, one of the most straightforward direct verses concerning God's will for your health and your strength and uh, that there is. And so Psalms 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if you think about it, 
if, if God's renewing your youth like the eagles, then you shouldn't be expecting to be tired when you retire. Retire. See that even the word doesn't sound good. It's like, you know, it's like, but, but refire. I've heard people say that, you know, you refire, but, but, but God promises you that, that He'll renew your youth like the eagles. But you know, with, is, as with all the rest of the grace of God, we talked about this morning, how you, the grace is available. God could provide the grace, but you can, re, you can receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, you don't do anything with it. So if God's grace is there for your youth to be renewed and your strength to be renewed and for your healing, but yet you don't receive it and you don't expect it. Part of receiving the things of God are just expecting it. Expecting that Abraham when he, and, and Sarah, they were receiving the grace of God because they were expecting to have a child. They were expecting to have an offspring. They were expecting what God had said that it was going to come to pass. And that's the, the, the one of the biggest parts of receiving God's grace is expecting what God said to happen. If when I, when I received God's grace and my wife and family, we received God's grace to move to China with, and at the beginning we were believing God and it came down to time to leave and there was, we had $35 of monthly support and we had a seven month old baby and that $35 of monthly support was from my uncle in Southern California, who's a senior citizen and then a senior citizen, uh, it was a Baptist church in, in Virginia that was, uh, a senior citizen Sunday school class. It wasn't even the whole church, it was just, and between the, the Sunday school class of senior citizens and this, and my uncle in Southern California, we raised $35 a monthly support. And, but yet, but we were expecting, we knew that God had promised and given us a command to go to, to China, to Asia, to preach the gospel. And so we stepped out, we said, we said, God, we expect, you said to go, we're going to go, and we expect that you'll take care of, that you'll meet all of our needs according to your riches and glory. And he did. And so God blessed us, and he, he provided, and we never went hungry. And there were some, you know, there was a few years there that, that it was a little more difficult than what we would have liked. But I'm, I'm thinking there was a few years that Abraham and Sarah thought it was a little more difficult. They thought it was, this is kind of a difficult thing because they're not seeing what they were expecting. But they didn't quit believing. And so, because we started believing God, because we started receiving God's grace, and I want to, I just want to read this scripture again this morning that I read from this morning, uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, concerning the grace of God. And I want you to get this in your, your heart and, and, and use this to start believing for God's grace for more than just finances. Believe God's grace for finances, but, but when, when you see this, I want you to remember me. And then remember Jesus and then pray for China. But I want you to remember that I taught on this that, that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And then when I want you to, when you read that, I want you to think that a sufficiency in all things, you need a sufficiency of strength. You need a, a sufficiency of health. You need a sufficiency of finances, which is really what he's talking about here, but but it's not just that, because like we said this morning, you can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have the strength to do what God's called you to do, then you can't do every good work that God's called you to do, because there's things that He needs you to do. He's not done with you yet. And so, praise God. You know, and, and I, I shared this morning how I started out in school, and in the natural, I wasn't the, the sharpest axe in the woodshed. 
or, you know, the, maybe the sharpest knife in the drawer. There's other, you know, illustrations. I was, I was far behind in my education, but because I received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and, and the Holy Spirit gives us power to be a witness and He gives us His, His grace, He empowers us to do what He's called us to do. Um, but some of, some of the people, not this church, but there's some people at other churches. Not the people that are watching online, but people at, you know, at other churches that are, it, um, that they think they've got everything figured out in the natural. And you know, I want to bring it back around to the, if you think about, people say, well, you know, I've gotten to this age in my life, and so they start expecting that they can do less. And the only reason you would start expecting to do less when you get to a certain age would be as if you were deny, if you were relying on the arm of the flesh to do what you were doing before, and if you weren't relying on the grace of God to do what you're doing. Because if you were relying on the grace of God, it wouldn't matter how old you get. The grace of God doesn't dry up when you get old. But, but so, but, but, but the world and the devil has programmed us into thinking that when you get to a certain stage, you know, just things are supposed to get a little bit harder, things are supposed to get a little bit more difficult, you know. But and, and in the natural, that's true. The Bible says that our, our our mortal body is is decaying, but we're being renewed day by day. But but at the same time, if you're tapping into the grace of God, you don't have to worry about that because if you're using God's grace to get it done, if you're tapping into God's grace, then you have His ability to do what you what He's called you to do. And so, but the problem is most of us. Myself included, I can say the, you know, say I've done, say if we took everything I've ever done in the name of Jesus or in the name of Christianity, and I would say a large percentage of that has been done in, in obedience to the Word of God because I had a heart that I loved God and I wanted to glorify God, but a lot of it was, has, was done in, you could say in the flesh or in the natural, and I did it without the grace of God. And God got glory for some of it, and there were some good things, and people have been saved, but, but there's been things that as, as I walk it out, I learn how to operate with the grace of God. And, and it, it becomes a whole lot easier to do the same things that I did in the, in the natural with good intentions when I will rely on the grace of God to do the same things. And so, if you're thinking to yourself, well, you know, I, I tried to do that before and it was difficult, well, why don't you go to God and say, God, I, I, I need your grace. I need your strength. I need your ability. I need your help to do this. And then believe God and expect his grace, expect his help. And then he'll, he'll hook up with you and you'll find, man, that was so much easier to do when God's grace was with me than it was when I was trying to do it on my own. And so, but a lot of people have, a lot of people God has blessed with great intelligence or great wisdom or natural gifts and there's nothing wrong with that that's a good thing i mean i i have certain i can fix just about anything if you give me a car i could my first pickup truck somebody gave it to me it was a chevy pickup i pulled the engine out i rebuilt the engine i put the engine back together and i drove it until i went in the military when i went in the military i gave it away and so god has given me natural gifts i can fix things i can take things apart figure out what makes them work and put them back together and and um so there's natural things that you can that you can use, but we can't depend on that. And I'll show you why. Because Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 19. John chapter 5 and verse 19. 19 and 20. 
Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. You know, it's interesting. I find it interesting that you and I try to do things on our own without depending on the grace of God. But Jesus, who was born sinless, he he never had the sin nature. He was born without the sin nature. He never sinned. He never he never he never had to renew his mind. Well, I don't know about that. He he still studied the scripture, so we won't go that we'll go there. But but he never had the sin nature, and and so he he had a, a huge advantage over us. But yet he said. He said, I can't do anything except for what my father. He said, I can do nothing of myself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son does also. And so a lot of us think that because we have a good education or we have a good background or we have, you know, we're really good at this particular thing, we automatically lean to the arm of the flesh. We automatically lean to the natural to get it done. And Jesus, who didn't ever have the sin nature, who was born of a virgin, a sinless, spotless child of God, which we're sinless and spotless now because of the blood of Jesus, but most of us had some stuff to deal with before we became sinless and spotless. Anybody had to deal with some stuff before you became sinless and spotless? So if Jesus, who never even had a sin nature, said, I can't do anything unless I see what my Father is showing me to do, why, why is it that you and I think we can do something without coming to God and saying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do it? You know, you, if you look at Jesus, every time he healed somebody, not every time, but many times he did it differently. And so one time he said, you know, he spoke the word and they were healed. There were other times where he, he, he spit and made some clay and put it on the guy's eyes and he was healed. There was, he did it differently every time, but he was, the reason he did it because he was listening to his father, he was watching his father saying, God, how do you want me to do it this time? And then when he did that and when he acknowledged his father and he acknowledged the grace of God, he acknowledged God's ability and the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit showed him what to do. And when he did what God said to do, it worked. How many of you, like me, have ever done things their own way and it didn't work and they've done it? And I mean, I've done it multiple times my own way. Maybe not the same thing because I try not to do the same thing over and over again. But even there's been things I've done, I've done wrong the same way multiple times. And I still kind of in my head, I think if I could just maybe maybe it'll work this time. Well, they say the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing the same way and expecting different results. Well, if we do it God's way, it's always going to get God results. If we'll be obedient to him and we'll listen to him. And listen to our Father, we'll get God results. So I want to read John chapter 12 and verse 49 and 50. John chapter 12, verse 49 and 50. It says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that His commands is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do, and I only say what I hear my father say. And so, and, and yet, and, and yet you and I, maybe not you guys, probably not you guys, but 
I'll just talk about myself. I have a tendency in the past, we'll say in the past, I had this tendency to always try to do it on my own, to always try to do it on my own ability with my own strength. And then I found my own strength and my own ability lacking. But if we'll come like we talked about this morning, the Bible says those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. If we'll come to God and we'll get to know Him and get to know the way He works and the way He talks and we'll listen to Him and then find out he, how He wants it done. And you know, it goes along with uh, the verse that says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And so if we're seeking first the kingdom, whatever we're doing, if we're going to the grocery store, you know, most of us don't seek first the kingdom. We seek first what we're doing, what we want to do, and then we, 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 the kingdom is kind of a side note. It's like a sidebar. It's like, well, I was, I'm going to the grocery store to get apples and oranges and bananas and um, steak and chicken. And then when you're, when you're about to walk out of the store, you say, well, oh, you know, man, I wonder if there's anybody in here that, you know, as you're pushing the cart out the door, I wonder if there's anybody in here that needed, needed prayer or needed ministry or that I could have been a blessing to today, as opposed to seeking first the kingdom, which would be God, I'm seeking first your kingdom. Is there anybody, I'm going to the store, is there anybody there that I can minister to, that I can lead to Christ, that I can pray for, that I can lay hands on and, 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 administer your healing power that I can be a blessing to that that's hurting that's depressed that's that's fighting with addiction or that's that's overcome with grief that needs to be that needs to hear the word of God and then God while I'm there if you don't mind I I, I could use some apples and oranges and God will say well sure you can get some apples and oranges but you know Tom's over here and and Bill's over there or whoever it is you know Sally's down that aisle and 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 he'll give you directions on what to do but we oftentimes don't seek first the kingdom. We seek first the apples and oranges and steaks. And, and you know, that's exactly what the Bible says. The guy said, Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom, all the other things will be added to you. So then what we end up doing is working for the apples and the oranges and the bananas and the steaks. And by the time we're working for the apples and the oranges and the bananas and the steaks and the chicken and whatever else you like to eat, by the time we're done working for that, we're so worn out that we don't have time to seek the kingdom, if we just seek the kingdom, he said those other things would be added unto you. And so we all we all just need to have a, a change in our thinking. And we need to, to, to get our thinking changed to where we seek first the kingdom. And, and we, we whenever we go to do something, we say, God, I'm here to be an ambassador for your kingdom. And that's really, you know, that's really what a missionary is when we go overseas. We're, we're ambassadors for the kingdom of God, but we're also ambassadors for the churches and the ministries that have sent us out. That we're representing them. When, when we go forth, when you're, with your prayers and with your finances and, and, and with your love and your support, we're ambassadors. We're representing this church. That's why I said this morning, when you, when, when you talk to people and they ask you what you did, you say, well, yesterday I was teaching in Bible schools in China. Or yesterday, you know, last week I went to a leper village and I, I, I ministered to the lepers and, or, or I, I built a building in, in a village so somebody can have a place to take a shower. You know, and, and, and you're part of what we're doing because, you're, because of your prayers and because of your partnership. And so I, I told you a couple, I said I was going to tell a couple of testimonies of what God has done. And, uh, the first one I, I'm going to share is, is the testimony of another uh, one of the ways that we led 
uh, and were able to let a man to the Lord that was running a brothel, another man, and how he was, how he got saved and, and, um, it was supernatural. It was, there's no way that we could have come up with it. There's no way we could have done it without the grace of God, which is really what everything we should be doing should be relying on the grace of God. Because then it, because there's two reasons. One, it makes everything you're doing easier. And two, it makes you, it gives you the ability to do so much more, which is what we have to have in these last days. And then number three, God gets the glory for it. And that's what we all, we all want to give God the glory for everything that we do. But He gets a whole lot more glory if you rely on Him than if you rely on the arm of the flesh. Because you say, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your help. I need your strength. I need the Holy Spirit to guide me and lead me. Then he gets the glory. And so I was at one of my Bible schools and we had a time of, of worship and we had a time of, of prayer and we were praying things out and praying in the Spirit. And um, the Lord spoke to me to get in our vehicle or get in my vehicle and, and with six of my students and drive north. And so I'm thinking, you know, you know, did I have too much rice last night? You know, in America, you have too much pizza. And then you wonder, did I have a pizza dream or was that word from the pizza? Well, in China, we don't eat pizza, we eat rice. So, you know, you think maybe I had too much rice. And so we were praying, but and, and it, I, I had it in my heart. So we got in the vehicle and we started driving north and we got on this uh, the toll road and we drove about 50 miles north on this toll road. And uh, as we we're driving, the further we got, the more I'm thinking, Maybe it was the rice, you know, maybe I, because I, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know anybody in that direction, I don't have any friends in that direction, none of my students know anybody in that direction, and so we're driving along, and, and about 50 miles into it, one of my other students speaks up and says, I feel like the Lord's speaking to my heart that we, we need to get off this road and get on the other road. So there was two roads that run parallel with each other, and one was a toll road, and another one was a little bit older road that ran parallel with it. And so I'm thinking, somebody else got a word from the Lord, so no, it's no longer on me. <laughs> and so uh, we got, I got off and paid the toll, and I'm driving, and got on this other parallel road, and we're driving alongside, and driving and driving, and we drove about 15 miles, and I'm thinking, well, you know, what's next? And the Lord, we're praying in tongues. And uh, so uh, another student piped up. We drove by this little side road that went up the side of a mountain, and one of my uh, a second student piped up and he said, I feel like we were supposed to turn on that road back there. And so um, we, I, I went up a little bit further and found a place to turn around and turned around and came back and we went up this, just a dirt road that went up the side of a mountain, just a kind of a windy dirt road and, and didn't know where it was going and we started driving and driving and, and we drove for about three miles up the side of this road and got to the end and, they, and the road dead ended and there was a house with a, a Chinese house with like a, a, just a concrete wall around it. They, they put like these big kind of like compounds almost. They've got big 10-foot-tall concrete walls or brick walls with, with like, um, stuck over the outside of them. And, and you can't see what's inside, really. It, it, you, block, you can see the top of the house, but you can't see the inside of the, the, the courtyard. And uh, so we stopped there and got out and got out of the vehicle and knocked on the gate. And this couple came out and said, Hello, can we help you? I mean, they said, Ni hao, ni hao shushing. But, you know, you don't, most of you probably don't speak Chinese, so I'll translate for you. And so um, they they got out, and um, one of my other students shared. They said, "They said, what are you here for?" And he said, "Well, God led us here." And so then, you know, they're like looking at us with the deer in the headlight look because these people have never. You know, it's it's funny. In the word for Jesus in Chinese is Yesu, 
Kiesu. It's a, it's, there's a, Chinese is a tonal language. So if you say the same word with a different tone, it's a completely different word. So if I say ma, or I say ma, I say ma, or I say ma, those are four different words. They all sounded kind of similar to you, but, but, but ma is mother. Ma is horse. So if you're not careful, you call your mom a horse and then you're liable to get backhanded. You know, you know, you know, some, and, uh, but so, um, so, but the word for Jesus is Yesu, and the word for coconuts is Yedza. So Yesu, Yedza, Yesu, Yedza, kind of similar. At least, um, the first, especially the first word's the same, and the second word's different. But so, because we run into people every day in China that have never heard the gospel, never heard the name of Jesus, we've had several times where we're sharing the gospel in Chinese, and we tell them that Yesu Aini, which is Jesus loves you, and and they think that I'm the foreigner. He's not very good with his language. And he's trying to tell me something, but we don't know what it is. But all we're hearing is that coconuts love us. And so we have to explain that no, coconuts don't love you. They, they, coconuts wouldn't have died for your sins. They have, they don't care. They're, coconuts are one of the most selfish trees. I'm just kidding. And so, so we, so we tell, we share the gospel with them and tell them it's Jesus and we explain who Jesus is. And so we were, those people came out of the house and, and my, my students were talking to them and explained that the, the Lord led us there. And while we were talking to him, another couple, the, the, the father-in-law and mother-in-law came out of the house. I'm sorry. No, no, not, they, it was the father and mother-in-law that we were talking to. It was the, it was the, the son-in-law and, uh, and daughter-in-law came out of the house. And, uh, well, I guess it wouldn't have been daughter-in-law. It would have been the daughter and son-in-law. Let me get this right. And they came out of the house and, uh, when he was walking towards me, I'd recognized him. I'd seen that man once before, but I, didn't, I couldn't remember where. And so I'm thinking, and, and as he got close enough where he saw me, he kind of turned white. He got, he, he was like shocked that he'd seen me. And so, but I couldn't remember where I'd seen him. And, and he walked out and started talking. He, he reminded me that he was a man that had been running a brothel that we had met with about a year and a half, about a year and a half earlier. And I'd shared the gospel with him. And while I was sharing the gospel, he wasn't really interested and he, he really didn't want to have anything to do with the Lord. And he got a phone call and he had to go. So we shared the gospel with him, but he left. It was a real short meeting, a real short conversation. Well, a year and a half later, approximately, the Lord led us supernaturally to his daughter-in-law, I mean, sorry, to his wife's parents' house on the top of a mountain in the middle of nowhere. And there was no way in the natural, even if we, I mean, we knew his name, but we didn't know, we didn't know his 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 wife's name, and we didn't know his wife's parents' name. And it's not, and, and it's, you can't, like, the, the family name's different. So they, his wife had a different name. In America, you take on your husband's name, but in China, you don't do that. So there was no way for us to have known what they were there or who they were or to have found them. But the Holy Spirit led us there. Well, he had eight girls that they were trafficking. They had a brothel that they were running. And so when we... We shared that with him. He just started crying. And we preached the gospel to him again. And he got saved and he shut the brothel down. And he let those eight girls go. And so now that's why we have the 41 girls. Because God has supernaturally led us to do that and rescue girls. And the other story, the other testimony I was going to tell you is how we're able to send the gospel into North Korea. And there's God's given us two, two supernatural ideas. You know, it's, I, I told you, it's about using the grace of God to do something that you couldn't do in the natural. And then to do what you're trying to do and what you know God has led you to do and make it a whole lot easier. And so the first way we started maybe three years ago or so is um, the Lord put it on our heart to get technology into North Korea. 
But what would happen is if somebody had a, an iPad or a tablet or a computer, when they would go into North Korea, they would quarantine them. Everybody knows what quarantines, you're familiar with the word quarantine now? <laughs> and so they would quarantine these devices and then they would delete everything on the hard drive. So if there was, if there was any Bibles or any, any Christian videos or any Christian literature, anything, they would delete everything. They would format the hard drives and delete everything on the hard drive before they would allow it into the country. And so we were looking for a way to get the gospel into North Korea and help to equip the, 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 the North Korean nationals in the underground house churches. And so the Lord gave me an idea and I contacted a, a, a computer, a software engineer, software designer that had actually was from China and he'd come to America to study in, in university here in, in America, got saved while he was here and then went back and, and, and we got to know him. And I said, this is what I have on my heart. I said, is this possible? And I said, what I want to do is create some software. The Lord gave me the idea to create software that worked on the GPS tracking. How many of you guys have GPS in your car? Have you used it or seen somebody use it? And so basically what it what it does is is we created something kind of like a virus. We don't call it a virus because nobody likes viruses, but we call it a probiotic. Anybody know what probiotics are for? Probiotics are you take these little pills that have healthy, good, beneficial bacteria, and you eat it, and it goes in your stomach, and the bacteria grows, and it does its job, and it helps your digestion and your 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 in, intestines and everything. And so we call it, we don't want to call it a virus because nobody wants, especially after this year, nobody likes viruses. And so... Um, uh, so we call it a, a probiotic, and we created this software that goes on the devices, and it acts like a virus, and it, and it only activates when it's so many miles inside the border of North Korea, and then it installs the software, and then the, the videos pop up, and we have three videos that were recorded by a North Korean, um, uh, I'm sorry, not a North Korean, a South Korean Christian that, that recorded these videos for us, and so then they... It preaches the gospel on these devices, but the neat thing about these devices is, one, we're not having to pay for them, uh, because the government's buying them to take to use in the government offices. And two, it's not the average Joe or the average Bob that are getting these, for two reasons. One, there's no Joes or Bobs in North Korea. It's just not a, not a common name. There, but the real reason is because it's not, it's not going to the, the average Jong or the average Wong or the average, um, um, let me think of another Chinese name or an Asian name. Um, huh? Oh. So it's not going to those people because they're, one, they, they're not allowed to have it, but two, they can't afford to have it. They don't have any money. They're, North Korean people are basically starving to death. But it, but these videos, these, these devices with these videos on them are going into the hands of, of North Korean military officials and government officials and the gospel is being preached. And so the other thing we had a guy that was uh, one of the one of the men that we led or young men that we led to the Lord at the restaurant that we that I shared about this morning that we opened when we first got to China was a man a, a young man that was um, studying the Korean language and that was his major that was what he was focusing on and studying on and so he got saved at our restaurant and then went through our discipleship program with our Bible school and uh he had God put it on his heart to reach into North Korea, but he didn't know how to do that. Well, uh, around about that time, North Korea opened up for Chinese nationals to go into North Korea and do business, to sell goods. And so he started going into North Korea and praying. He wasn't going and having crusades, and he wasn't preaching the gospel because it's a very antagonistic nation. But he was able to go in and do business and pray. 
And then uh, about a year later after that, we, we moved him and his family uh, to the border of China and North Korea, and we planted a church on the China side of the China-North Korea border. And so he started reaching other Chinese people that were going into North Korea and preaching the gospel to them. And um, one, one night there was a man that was in a hotel. He was a North Korean military official. And he was in a hotel on the North Korean border side, in, in, inside North Korea. And he was in a hotel waiting for the next morning when the border was going to open so he could travel in across the border into China and, and, and buy and trade some goods. And he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw this man. And so it was, a, it was one of those vivid, vivid dreams. And so the next morning, he woke up and he crossed across the border from North Korea into China. And he was in a noodle restaurant. And he walked into that man that we had led to the Lord, that pastor that we had helped plant a church there on the China side. And he walked into him and saw him at the noodle restaurant. And he, 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 he said, who are you? And he said, I saw you in a dream last night. And that man was able to lead him to Christ. And so now we have someone on the inside of... North Korea helping us with information. He gave us some of the GPS ch- tracking points and because there's, there's different um, checkpoints in these, in these communist nations and in these governments all around uh, Asia, they, they have, um, you're driving down the road and there'll just be checkpoints. You just stop and then you show them your, your papers, you show them your passport, you show them your, all your information. They, they search your vehicle if, you, if they want to search your vehicle, whether you like it or not. They, they go through everything and they let you know if you can go or not. And so um, he gave us the, the GPS um, co- coordinates for the lon- longitude and latitudinal lines for where these different checkpoints are so that it's set up where when they're near these areas, they don't pop up and show the videos. And when they're near the areas, it's, it's basically hidden so nobody knows it's there. And so God gave us an inside person in North Korea. Well, he gave us an inside person in the brothels. We have somebody, so we're able to rescue girls from human trafficking because God gave us someone on the inside. Well, you know, you have an inside person on the inside of you, the Holy Ghost, who will give you information about your future, about the plan of God, about the purpose of God, about your nation, about your church, about your family, about your kids, your grandkids, about your parents. You have an in, you have inside information. You know, it's it's illegal in those that trade in, like, stocks and things like that, it, if you get info, inside information and you share it, well, of course, if you know something ahead of time, you could make money off of it. And that's, it's in, they're called insider trader secrets. And you're not allowed to, if you're on the inside, you're not allowed to know what's going to happen because you could buy or sell stocks ahead of time and it's against the law. And so, but the thing with God is, He gives us secrets. The Bible said He'll show us things to come. He'll show us, when we pray, the Bible says we pray out secrets and mysteries. And so God gives us this wisdom. And so that's what, you know, when you see what God has done, He He did that for us in China and Laos and Myanmar and Thailand and, and, and so we could send the gospel into North Korea. I've personally never, never been to North Korea, but, but we're sending the gospel into North Korea. And I give you one more testimony that this is one of my favorites, but I was on Facebook or looking at the news one day, and I saw that they were using pigeons to run drugs. Did anybody see that? Anybody ever see that? So they were putting these little backpacks on these cute little pigeons. You know, when you, you see a pigeon, you think, we know coconuts are bad. You know, coconuts, they're not, they're, we, we've established that coconuts are not, not good. But pigeons, you look at a cute little pigeon and you think, oh, look at the cute little pigeon, unless it drops, you know, dookie in your eye or something like that, you're pretty convinced that the cute little pigeon is a good pigeon. But 
you realize that some of these pigeons are drug runners. They're not cute little pigeons. They're actually drug runners. So they were using pigeons to run drugs from Mexico to America and then from, I can't remember what the country was, but somewhere in the Middle East to another Middle Eastern country. So what they would do is they'd put these little backpacks on these pigeons and they'd put the pills, these drugs, these pills in the pigeons, and the pigeon would fly and deliver the drugs, and then they would take the pigeon and put it in a cage, and they would take the pigeon back. Well, when the pigeon's coming back, he doesn't have any drugs on him, and it's not illegal to transport pigeons. So they were able to run drugs back and forth. So what you do is, you, you wherever the pigeon is born, they used to use them in, in some of the wars in the past. They would run messages. That they, they would take the pigeons, and they would carry them out to the battlefield. And then whatever was going on, they would attach a message on the pigeon's leg, and then the pigeon would fly back to where it was born and where it was raised and trained, and they could run messages back and say, hey, what's going on? This is what we need, or this is what we're going through. This was before we had all the technology we have now. They'd use pigeons to run messages back. So we got the idea that if the devil can use God's pigeons to run drugs, why can't we use God's pigeons to, to get resources into North Korea? And so we got... We got them the supplies they needed to build an incubator and we got them pigeon eggs that had been fertilized and they, they hatched out these pigeons and they raised the pigeons up. And then what you do is you take the pigeon like 20 miles to the north and then 20 miles to the south and then 20 miles to the east. And, and, and what it does, you take it 20 miles and then it flies back. Take it 20 miles to the east and then you let it go and it flies back. And so we trained these pigeons, or we didn't, but the North Koreans trained the pigeons, and then you take them 40 miles and 60 miles. You take them further and further out, and then the pigeons, they, you train them to come back. And so then we were able to sneak those pigeons out of North Korea back into China, and so now we can take a little micro SD card that holds gigabytes of information and attach it to the leg with a little leg band, and we can fly resources and Bible materials and information into North Korea to the people where, the, where these were done. And so it's like, you know, it'd be a whole lot harder for me to get, figure out a way to get these resources on my person and somehow sneak them past the border. Maybe I could put it in a, in a balloon and I could swallow it and then that, that's, nobody wants to, we don't want to even think about that because you got to get it, you got to get the balloon back somehow. And then we could get, you know, there's ways you could possibly do it, but isn't it a whole lot easier when you rely on the grace of God and He gives you wisdom and then you can, and then anytime, now anytime we need to, we, we, we've got a whole bunch of these pigeons that we snuck out and we're sending them over one by one and we can put information and videos and, and things on that we can send to the, to the pastors and leaders so we can get resources to the Christians in North Korea. So God gives us wisdom to do things if we'll just rely on Him. And we look at the Bible stories of people that did things in the Bible and we think, man, that's just, that's a God idea. Like, how did they know to do that? Well, God's still giving God ideas. God didn't get to the point where, you know, oh man, I, I had all these old, I had these great ideas in the Old Testament. But then I got to the New Testament and I, I used my last best idea. That was Jesus. I used, I had, I had, you know, I was running out of ideas and I gave the best idea of all eternity was to send the Son of God to die and shed His blood and pour out His life as a sin offering and then rise from the dead. And then after that, I, He just ran out of ideas. That's kind of how we act. We act like there's no more God ideas. There's no more supernatural ideas. And and the, the key to it is when we spend time praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in other tongues, we prepare a way. And I say it's like this. I say it's like if you're going through a jungle and you can either... There's two ways you can go through the jungle. You can just kind of start walking 
and start pushing your way through and start climbing over vines and, and, you know, watching out for snakes and spiders and clearing spider webs and, and you can, you can go through the hard way where you're having to, you know, climb over trees that have fallen and watch out for wild animals and insects and bugs. Or you can hire a guide. Now, you, you, how many people want to go through the jungle with a guide? If you're going to go through the jungle, you want to get a guide. Well, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit our guide. And so we have a guide that will go through. And, and if you hire a good guide, the good guide's going to know what the poisonous plants are, going to know where you can't step because maybe there's some quicksand that you can fall into. The guide's going to know... Uh, you know what where the where the poisonous snakes hide or, or what to look for you know for the poisonous snake that wraps around the tree and kind of camouflages itself he knows all the traps knows all the dangers that are ahead but he also knows the best way to go and he all, he goes ahead and he he has a machete and he'll cut away and he'll cut a path and we've seen this in our lives as we as the more more we pray the more we pray in the holy ghost the more we pray in tongues the more we play out pray out the plan of god for our lives the more that there's just a path that's prepared before us. I told you the story this morning about how I almost drowned. And the Lord woke somebody up to pray and pray in the Holy Ghost to pray for myself while I was almost drowning. Well, there was another story, another testimony where my wife and daughter were in very um, eminent danger and it could have died or it could have been seriously injured. But I was at the house with my son, my wife and daughter, at that point, this was several years ago, we didn't have a vehicle, so we would ride a little electric scooters. And so my wife and daughter were on the electric scooter going to town to get groceries or something. And, and we was about a nine hour, I'm sorry, nine hour, a nine mile drive from where our house was down in the village down to the city. And so she got on the, on the scooter and was riding down the, ta- down the hill. And, um, my daughter had just a cheap plastic toy bracelet on her wrist. It was just something like you'd get at the dollar store or whatever. And, and uh, as she was riding, it fell off and she lost it. And so the bracelet fell off and she's like, mommy, mommy, I lost my bracelet. And so my wife's thinking, you know, do we do we go back? It's just a cheap bracelet. It doesn't matter. Can we even find it? You know, we've got something to do. And so she's thinking that she's going to keep going. Well, at the last second, she just she decided, you know what, I'm going to go back and get it. So she turned the scooter around. And as, as she was turning the scooter around and going back, she heard a crash. And there was a man that was passing a bus. In China, they loved to, in other parts of the country, other parts of Asia, not just China, but they loved to pass on blind corners. You basically just honk your horn and you speed up. I mean, not if you're, you really shouldn't, but they do. And you honk your horn and you speed up and you just pass whether you can see or not. And so um, this guy was, there was a bus that was going, my wife was going down the mountain. There was a bus that was coming up the mountain and he was going kind of slow because he was underpowered. And so the guy behind him wanted to pass. And so he came around the side of the bus and there was a man that was standing alongside, that was walking and standing alongside the road, just kind of on the shoulder, but sort of in the road. And when that car came around the corner at the last second, he hit that man. And it was an, 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 an elderly man and the man flew up on the windshield and it completely smashed the window and he fell down on the ground and he was bleeding. And, and But it was that very second that my wife turned around to go back to get that bracelet that had just, by coincidence, it wasn't a coincidence, but had fallen off of my daughter's wrist. Well, we found out because my, my, my wife posted on Facebook because as soon as that guy hit, as soon as the driver hit the man and the man rolled on the ground, the guy got out of the car, looked at how badly the, the man was hit and got back in his car and turned around and took off because he didn't want to be responsible. So my wife is on the scooter, so she starts following him because she's going to get his license plate. 
So when he realized that she was coming after him and was getting his information, he turned around and stopped and came back and, and then the family had come out and they, they were able to get him to the, to the hospital and get him some, hopefully some medical care. We don't really know exactly what happened, but, but we found out, when my, my wife posted that on Facebook, she found out that afternoon or the next day, I don't remember exactly, but that one of her friends in Oklahoma, the Lord had woke her up in the middle of the night that same time and she was praying for our family and praying in the Holy Ghost. And I, I don't doubt that it was an angel that pulled the bracelet off of my daughter's hand and had her turn around just, I mean, literally, she didn't even see the car coming. So it was between the time the car started to pass the corner as she was turning around. And what she would have been doing is doing probably 25, 30 miles an hour down the hill going towards the car. So she, the car would have been coming up the hill. She would have been going down the hill. And my daughter and my wife would have smashed into the front of that car. And the man that was just standing there got hurt really badly. If they'd have been driving into the car, it would have been even worse in the natural. And so, but it was the grace of God that protected our family, but it was the grace of God working through those people who were praying for our family. Just like the grace of God was working through the people that were praying for me or the, the lady that was praying for me when I was, when I almost drowned. Just like the grace of God will work through you when you pray for Pastor David and Scarlett Horton. As you pray for them, as you believe God for them, and, and as you're praying and, and believing and praying in the Holy Ghost and, and asking God for grace to pray, there's a grace, and I'm, I, I'm not even the one that should, these are the ones that should be up here pray. I feel a little underqualified, but they should be the ones up here preaching it, but there's a grace that'll come on you. We've had, seen it happen over and over and over and over again, and we've seen people operate in it. There's a grace to pray the perfect plan of God and to, and to thwart the plans of the enemy and to, to change the course of people's lives and ministries in the course of nations. And even, you know, Brother Hagen and, and some others had prophesied that the, the Iron Curtain would fall and that Russia would be opened up and that communism would come down. Well, he also prophesied that the, the Bamboo Curtain would come down. And we haven't seen that yet, but we can still continue to pray and believe. And there's things you can do. There's things that I can do in China because I speak the language, because I know the culture, because I know my way around, because I have a Chinese driver's license. Because I have a Chinese vehicle, because I have Chinese insurance, because I know people, because I can, because I have schools and because I, there's things I can do that you can't do, but there's things that you can do that I can't do because there's a grace that'll come on you to do what you've been called to do. And as we work together with your measure of grace and, and, and my measure of grace, and as we work together, we can reach Asia for the gospel. And as you pray for Pastor David and, and Scarlett, and as I pray for Pastor David and Scarlett, and it, as you're praying for your brothers and sisters at this church, and as you're pre- praying for Holiday Florida, and you're praying for Florida, and you're praying for America, and you're praying for the president, there's a grace that will come on you for you to be able to... And it, it, it works in, in, in tandem. It works with the spirit of prophecy because you'll speak things out by the Spirit of God that will change the course of history and change... The, the, the future of your life and it'll, it'll speak things out that change people's lives and, and people's destinies. And so I just encourage you, you know, we, but it's something you don't take lightly. So whatever it is you're called to do, I encourage you not to take it lightly. lightly. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. You know, if we, if we'd have taken the call of God and I want to, I want to make a parallel illustration. We took the call of God and the importance of it. And we, we, we believed in the call of God to the point that we, we, we made it a priority to the point that we, 
either sold or gave away everything we had. I had a, a really well-paying job that I was working, a secular job that was paying good money, and they wanted to pay me more if I'd just stay. They offered me another about $20,000 a year if I would stay. And I was already making pretty good money. I was working as a, as a, a mechanic at a... Um, uh, it was an amusement park in Williamsburg, Virginia, and I fixed all the, I worked on the roller coasters and the, I fixed the go-karts, and I, I worked on the, the video games in the arcade, and there were two mechanics, and I, I, it was either me or the other mechanic were there, and, and they wanted me to stay, but I, I said, you know what, this job is not as important as the kingdom of God. This job is not as important as the eternal things, as the, as the souls of the lives of the men and women in Asia that we're gonna reach with the gospel. And so we laid down our jobs, we laid down our lives, my wife, was a teacher at the school, the Christian school we, that we were, where we volunteered at that church. And we put everything, we, 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 we readjusted our lives in every aspect to be a comp, to be able to accomplish the kingdom responsibilities that God had given us. And so what we need as missionaries and other missionaries around the world need the body of Christ in America to do is, is, is take their part of that calling and they're called, because we're called to go and you're called to send. And you send by praying and by giving. But what we need you to do and what other missionaries around the world need the church in America to do is take their sending by praying and by giving, take that responsibility as seriously as we took our responsibility to go. And you know what? Most, most Churches, most people in America don't take their sending response. I'm not saying to sell everything and, and give everything away. I'm not saying you have to, you, I'm not saying, but I, what I'm saying is it, it should become a top priority. Your pastors at this church, your prayer, if, for their prayer for them and your, your ministry to them and you're just loving on them and encouraging them and blessing them, it should become a priority. Because that is what you're called to do. That's what you're called to be part of an exploit here at Grace Harvest Church. And you're, you're called, this church partners with other ministries around the world. And so as you're partnering with other ministries around the world, whether it's overseas or other ministries in America that this church sows into, you should, you, 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 you need to take that as a, a serious responsibility. And the, the, the best way you, excuse me, the best way you can do it is with your prayers. By actually spending quality time. And, and I, I tell people, I was talking at lunch, I said, we in the 13 years that we've been overseas, we finally now, in the last year, have a pastor that actually calls us on a weekly basis, contacts us on a weekly basis. We went 13 years without really anybody. There were people that were praying for us and caring, and they were sowing financial seeds, and they were praying. But But, you know, when you get a call every week, you know that person is thinking about you and praying for you and they're asking what's going on and they're asking what, and, they, and their prayer team at the church, they're asking, hey, what can we pray for you about? What can we do for you? Because they're actually, they've, they've made it a, one of their priorities. You know, we do in life, and I'll, I'll end with this, we do in life what's a priority. Wherever, wherever you and I are today is because that's what we made a priority. Whether, whether you have a, a nice home and God's blessed you with a nice home because of your, your, your hard work and, and, and being diligent, because the Bible says that the hand of the diligent will be made rich. If you have a nice home, it's because you were diligent with that area of your life. If you, if you had a good job, a good paying career, 
It's because you made it a priority and you were diligent and God blessed the hand of the diligent. If you have a nice car, it's because it's because you were diligent concerning purchasing that car. If you got married, it's because you were diligent concerning pursuing that woman. If you had children and, and your children, you trained up your children in the way that they should go and you've got good godly children, it's because you were diligent in pouring into the children what they needed and taking them to church. Whatever you have in this life, it's because you made it a priority. And so if we're going to reach the nations with the gospel, if we're going to reach Holiday, Florida with the gospel, if we're going to reach Florida with the gospel, if we're going to see revival in Florida and in America and around the world, it's going to mean we're going to have to, as the body of Christ, become diligent and make it a priority, just like we made a priority to what we were called to do. And, and, and we, we made it a priority to the point that we put it number one, seeking first the kingdom of God. And you know what? The good thing about it is now we've seen Matthew 6.33. We've seen it come to pass as we seek first the kingdom of God. You know what? My wife and I don't have to worry about money for my kids' shoes anymore. We don't have to worry about the food. We have a, in our partners pay, take care of our budget for our family. You know, we don't, we don't own a house yet. We're believing for a house, but someday we'll get a house. But we don't have to worry about what we're going to eat. We don't have to worry about clothes. We don't have to worry about our kids' school books because my wife homeschools. We have to we buy school books because we've sought first the kingdom. Now, when we come back to the states and we when we advocate for these different ministries, we're not advocating for our own family. That's already taken care of. We're seeking first the kingdom. Those other things are, have already been added and are being added and will continue to be added unto us. And now we're advocating for the, the Bible schools. We're advocating for the girls that we're rescuing from sex trafficking. We're advocating for the lepers. We're advocating for the orphans. We're advocating for the kingdom of God. And you know, it doesn't just work for, you know, people think, well, that works for you because you're in full-time ministry. No, the Bible says, he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. He doesn't say, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to full-time ministers. So as we seek the kingdom, we won't be worrying about going to the store for the apples or the steaks or the bananas or whatever it is you buy. You'll be seeking first the kingdom. Those other things will be added and then you'll see fruit and you'll see, and you'll see your life will go from being selfish to a life that brings glory to God like never before. And we all want, we all love the Lord, we all, we all, I know it, you wouldn't be here on Sunday night at 7, no, 6.14, if you didn't love the Lord. You wouldn't have been here this morning if you didn't love the Lord. You, you wouldn't have served the Lord all these years if you didn't love Him. So, and, and you want to bring Him glory. But what we do is we get frustrated, and I'm going to end with this illustration, but if I told you that, how many like coffee? Okay, how many, how many don't, is there anybody that doesn't like coffee? So there's, everybody in here likes coffee. This is, this is, this is great. So if I told you that all you gotta do is every morning, first thing, you gotta drink a cup of coffee, and if you'll just drink that cup of coffee, I'll have five assistants that will help you with anything you need. They'll help you wash your clothes, iron your clothes, fold your clothes, vacuum the floor, dust, They'll help you take, you know, if you got kids, they'll help you change your kids' diapers or help tutor your kids or help them with their homework. 
they'll, they'll, these assistants, they'll wash your car. They'll, they'll go shopping for you. Whatever you need. If you got a business, they'll help you do your taxes. If they'll help you, they'll go take your car and fill it up with gas. If you got something that needs delivered, they'll, they'll take the package and deliver it. All you gotta do is drink a cup of coffee first thing in the morning. How many of you would drink a cup of coffee so you could have those five assistants? Okay? Now, even if you didn't like coffee, so we'll say, I'm just, I'm just talking from a missionary standpoint, I would take a cup and put a tablespoon of dirt in it, put it in the cup, stir it up and drink it if you give me five assistants to help me. Now, some of you wouldn't drink the dirt, but, you know, I've had things that tasted worse than dirt. So that's why dirt becomes, you know, an option now, because there's I've had some things that, that tasted worse than dirt. But I used to tell people that before I went to China, I said, I, I'll eat anything but liver, because I didn't like, who, who likes liver? Okay, so so this is a pretty good, they about... A, a pretty good percentage of people here like liver. Well, I didn't used to like liver. I used to hate liver. And, and so I would tell people, you know, they, you're coming over to their house or they're going to make a meal for you. And they say, you know, what do you want? And I said, you know what? I'll eat anything but liver. But now that I've been in China and Asia, I've eaten so many things that taste so much worse than liver that now I like liver. I, not about like, but I can tolerate liver. And I've actually found myself wanting to eat liver a couple times like and then when i ate it i kind of regretted it because it, it's still not my favorite thing but but it, but i but i can eat liver now and actually almost enjoy it and i have enjoyed it a few times it was sort of a weird you know it's like a it's sort of like you know this just doesn't seem right but um because i used to really not like liver um but what i'm saying is if i told you to take a cup of coffee every morning you get five assistants that would help you with everything, you would do it. If you told me, drink this cup of mud, and I'll give you five assistants that will help you with everything, I would drink the cup of mud. I'd put a tablespoon of dirt in some warm water and stir it up, and I'd just down that thing. I've had some fiber before that almost tasted like mud, so I, I think I could do it. But uh, But what God is saying in Matthew 6.33, he said, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things will be added unto you. And it's basically the same thing. It's God saying, if you'll just seek my kingdom, all these other things that you're working and fighting and slaving and toiling and wearing your body out and being just overwhelmed with, if you'll just seek the kingdom, all these other things will be added unto you. But but all, but what we do and what I've done for the majority of my life at 41 is I've spent more of my life seeking those things and I've spent more hours... You know, if I was to look at all the hours of my life that I've had so far... I've spent a larger portion of my hours of my life seeking those things than I have spent seeking the kingdom and then letting God add it to me. So I want to close with that. I'm going to pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the word, Lord God. We ask you just to help us, Lord, to just receive your grace. Expect your grace. Draw on the gift of your grace. Allow your grace to operate and work on us, to change us and then work through us. And Father, I just thank you that this is, this is called Grace Harvest Church and for a good reason. And so Father, I just thank you that the grace of God is available here to bring in the harvest, to set the captives free, to heal the brokenhearted, to heal bodies physically, to set people free from fear and addiction and bondage and fear. And Father, I just thank you that as the grace of God is working even today in our lives, Lord God, as we hear the word, 
Holy Spirit, we ask you to bring this message from this morning and the message from tonight to bring it back to our remembrance as we go through our days, Lord. That we'll just focus on seeking your kingdom and remembering your grace is available to do what we couldn't do in the natural. And then help us, Lord God, to start expecting your grace so that we can do things that are impossible. So that we can start doing things that only you could make possible. So that we can actually be doing some things in faith. Because, Father, your word says if whatever we don't do in faith is sin. And, Father, we want to be pleasing to you. We, your word says we can't please you if we don't walk in faith. So, Father, we want to please you. We want to glorify you. We want to magnify you. We want our lives and our families and our children to bring you glory. Our businesses, our grandchildren. We want everything that's associated with us to point back to you and to glorify you, Lord Jesus. To lift up the name of Jesus. To point back to our good and loving and caring Heavenly Father. We thank you for it, Father. Father, I just pray for this church. I pray for health and strength. And I thank you, Father, that because we plead the blood of Jesus over this church, that there's a, this is a healthy, strong church, free from COVID, free from fear, free from lack. Father, we just thank you that this church is free to serve you and to glorify you like never before, as they're doers of this word, not hearers only. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.